I'm wearing my winter coat. I've got gloves on. I've got my Harry Potter scarf around my neck. I'm wearing an extra pair of, of um, what is it, heat-preserving underwear under my regular trousers. All to stay warm. And this, the thing is, it's not even that cold outside right now. It's, I think, around 7 degrees Celsius, 8 degrees. So it's a lot better than a couple of days ago when it was still around the freezing temperature. But this is my reaction to, to the incredible cold I suffered yesterday. Um, I'm recording this on, on a Monday, uh, sorry, on a Tuesday. Um, and this is a bit of a day of recovery. Um, after <laughs> a very, um, very, well, I wouldn't say a busy day yesterday, but definitely an exhausting day. So as you know, I'm training for a marathon. And uh, if you follow a training schedule, then it gradually intensifies over time. My issue, my problem is uh, that... I'm not always able to run um, the prescribed distance on the day that it's scheduled. And so, but it's, it's vital to keep covering the distance. It's even, the distance is more important than the speed. Speed, that can vary over time. And as long as you do the intensity training from time to time, running up hills. Um, and I've got a lot of that, so I'm not that worried about the speed but the 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 mileage is super important and so every time I skip uh, a run I feel like I have to somehow recover that distance to stay on track and so um, I skipped the the run on on Sunday I was just very tired I felt like I needed a day extra of, of rest I had a almost a bit of a, a, a mini retreat at home. Um, it was one of the rare Sundays that I hadn't been scheduled to uh, celebrate Mass in, in one of the parish locations. And so I was able to stay home to uh, celebrate a private Mass. And when you, when you celebrate like that, it, it's very much like a retreat. I can take all the time I want. I can put in a lot of extra moments of silence and meditation it was it was really good i mean i love being in the parish it's something i wouldn't miss for for the world um but every once in a while it's just like a little present that i don't have to and so uh i've i after celebrating mass i just felt that maybe this would be a good idea to just take um extra time to recover. This was also because um, I'm, I'm now tracking my activities during the day. I think I, I explained that last week. Um, so I have this, this app that helps me track um, my overall fatigue, but also to, to track my activities and to get a little bit more, uh, a better insight in how much energy am I actually spending? And do I have that energy? And if not, maybe I'm already in debt. <laughs> and so um, it was pretty shocking after tracking for about uh, four days to see that almost every day I was going over my boundaries. Not, not almost every day, every day. 
And that means that I'm building up a deficit in energy. And the track, the, the app also makes it clear, and this is all based on, on research about fatigue and chronic fatigue, um, that if you overexert yourself during one day, it's not that the next morning is like a total reboot, it's not <laughs> like a, a reset. No, in fact, the fatigue that you build up the previous day will usually carry over to the next day. And so after a couple of days, I noticed that I had built up a tremendous um, deficit in energy. And at first I was like, this app is broken. You know, why, why doesn't it reset? I started a new day and then I figured, well, huh, this is actually the purpose of the app is to make me realize that I'm building up fatigue. And so, and, and I, I watched some of the exp- explanatory videos of the, of the author of the app. Um, and he says, it, it is, uh, um, the app wants to help you prevent those sudden lapses of energy where you completely crush and crumble. And that is basically what was bothering me over the past couple of months was that I would have these unexpected uh, moments where for like half a day I had to lay down. I couldn't do anything anymore. It was just this sudden fatigue. And he explained, the author explains, this is because you've been building up fatigue without compensating for it, without taking appropriate rest. And so um, that Sunday I was looking at the app. I noticed that I, I had more than a day worth of or more than a day's worth of, of, of energy that I was in deficit. And so after celebrating Mass like that, really calmly in the morning, I really felt that I need to, I need to kind, of, kind of pay back. I need to relax, skip the run that was scheduled, and it's always a long run on Sundays. And instead, I'm just going to read do all sorts of activities that don't require energy and may actually require even less energy than if I were to have a regular day. And so um, kind of weighing these activities and what is, what is difficult, what costs me energy and, and other, what, what are more restorative, restorative uh, activities, it's something you have to figure out yourself. The app doesn't really help you with that because it's different for everyone. I'm, for instance, more of an introverted person. And so if people visit me or have a meeting, even though they, they can be wonderful people, it will cost me two, three times the energy compared to, I don't know, cleaning the house or something like that. And so over time, you get a... a so I'm constantly adjusting the weight of these activities because I'm more um, alerted to... Um, the, the need to evaluate what I do to get a better understanding of how this is taking away energy or is giving me energy. And, uh, and it's been pretty amazing how quickly I'm already seeing the results of this. I feel much better today than I felt a couple of days ago. And part of it has to do with um, I've, I've a much quicker alert system that tells me now is the time to rest. Hey, hi. 
and and now I need to, uh, or now I have energy that I can put in into my daily activities. And so um, on Sunday I decided I'm just going to read, even like when I I do always do a little bit of cleaning during the weekend, but I'm going to do it at half speed. <laughs> it's literally trying to do things slowly. I have to fold the laundry, which is never my favorite activity. Um, but I just did it normally. I try to get that over with as, as quick as I, I, I can. Now I was just listening to an audiobook, and I forced myself to do it really slowly, which didn't make it any nicer, but at least it helped me to stay in that kind of relaxed zone where I wasn't spending more energy than I had available. And so it didn't totally um, reset the deficit that I'd built up over the past few days, but it was a reminder that it is necessary to balance things out over the course of the week and not just think, well, oh, today I did too much and tomorrow a new day and I do as if there's nothing left of this day where I overextended myself. It's, it's comparable to eating or tracking calories. It's the same thing. Um, it, maybe there are days where you're overeating. Um, and in, in addition to eating a full pizza, which is already probably much more than you need for a meal, you also eat an entire bag of potato chips and uh, drink some... Uh, some sugary uh, uh, soda or something like that. It's not that the next day you can you can pretend that well you know what that day is over so we'll start back at zero. No, the the effects of overeating <laughs> will carry uh, will will have effects over the long run as well. And so you'll have to lower your intake of calories. Maybe go out for a walk in addition to counterbalance the the you know the the excess of calories of the day before it's very similar with energy i've noticed and so on sunday i went to bed even in time which is also something i'm working on i'm so i'm tracking my uh the the amount of time that i sleep and i ever since i started doing the the balancing of the week I've been sleeping so well. So I, I put earplugs in so I don't hear any noise. Uh, I don't hear the ticking of the radiator. And I just let my body just take over. If I need eight hours of sleep, that's fine. But for at least three nights, I slept more than nine hours. And it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm in bed and the, the alarm went off and I, I just turn around and I'm just lazy no I was just sound asleep for more than nine hours and then I woke up actually feeling great and rested those are good signs for me if the quality of sleep is good that means it's restored it's restorative what a weird adjective that is I can't speak anymore I'm too relaxed my brain is just in like zoning out. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the, the fact that I sleep well and that I every day I feel a little bit more balanced. It's not that I, I'm full of energy right now, 
but I'm calm, really at peace. And, uh, and I'm creative, which is another, another great sign that I'm doing better. I'm like, my, my brain is, is making connections again. And it's, uh, it's not in survival mode. It is, uh, it, it feels, it feels good. And so I'm getting back to my normal self. So Sunday, skip the run. But I was also telling myself, hey, if you want to get ready for that marathon that you may or may not run in April, you have to cover that distance. But that means, this is what I've learned, that if I were to invest all my energy on a physical level, then it means I can't do anything else. Uh, so everything else that would cost me additional energy, I have to skip that. I have to push it to the next day. This is where my bullet journal is super helpful because it's meant to help you uh, to keep track of what you want to do, your goals, but it also makes it really easy to put something... Or it, it, it doesn't make it easy, but it, it has conditioned me to be very quick with like, oh, I didn't do this today, not a problem. I'll just move it to tomorrow. Or if that's impossible, I'll just move it back to my goals for the month and we'll do it some other time. And so I'm much more uh, at ease uh, moving around the various goals and tasks that I, uh, uh, that I listed for myself. And so... After freeing up my entire Monday, I felt good enough to go for this long run. And it was a really long run. It was 26 kilometers. I don't know how many miles that is, but it's a lot. It's more than half a marathon. And I also felt like I want to run towards something. This is a mental thing. Uh, when, when I'm on these long runs, I always want to feel like I'm... There is a reward at the end of the, all that exertion. And in the past, I would listen to audiobooks while running. It's still something I would love to do, but I can't because I, <laughs> I have to carry around this heavy phone. Uh, so I've got a pretty big phone. The weight of my phone and the size is comparable to the, the biggest iPhone. So it, that is a, that's a lot to carry in your pocket. <laughs> it's over a long distance, especially. Um, so, and then uh, I also have to put in headphones, like the wireless ones, because you don't want to run with a cable hanging and getting into your in the way. So, but these <laughs> these wireless headphones, um, I only have like a pair of uh, very low budget Chinese ones that I bought a, a long time ago. They're fine if I wear them in inside, but. Um, if I go for a run outside, I, um, I tend to, they tend to get loose in my ears and fall out. Plus, they don't hold a charge for more than about two hours. And this was a run that would take me uh, between two and a half hours to, and two hours and 45 minutes. So if I don't have an audiobook to listen to while I'm running, how else am I going to stay in the zone and keep stay motivated I was like you know what I know what I want to do I want to go to my happy place which is the zoo in near Arnhem and 
I was, I was looking at Google Maps and that was about 16 kilometers, maybe, maybe 18, depending on which itinerary I would take. So I was uh, calculating, if, what if I run to the zoo and then I run a little bit around in the neighborhood there? It's a beautiful part of, it's not really in the city, but it's close to a forest. So like, you know what? That, that's just as enjoyable as the forests I have here near to my to my rectory. I'm just going for it, and then I'll t- just take the bus back, maybe the train, uh, public transport to go back home. So that's what I did. I ran uh, for about 18 kilometers, arrived at the zoo, and and I was feeling great, but. Uh, I had two two options. Either I go visit the zoo first and then complete the run, or I first try to complete the entire cover the entire distance and then go to uh, to the zoo. And I opted for the latter, also because I didn't know what stopping and walking around in the zoo would do to my overall energy levels. So I got lost in the woods. That was. That would have been great as an environment for the walk. Like, I'm actually currently on a biking lane that leads me through the woods. This is usually where we start the running training. Um, but it doesn't sound like the woods because there is a, uh, there's a tractor on my right and some machinery. They're cutting down some trees. But uh, <laughs> yesterday... I got lost in the woods and then all of a sudden I'm on this small path and it's so like curves, so many curves and it it was just crazy. Some it constantly went up and down and like who designs a path like this? This is insane. And it took me about 15 minutes to realize that this was actually not a pedestrian uh, path. This was made for mountain bikes, these sturdy bikes and kids just like to well not just kids just people that like that that kind of activity uh they they drive their bikes they ride their bikes over these these very curvy small paths in the woods um but of course that made it much harder to uh, to run because i constantly had to go up and then go down and there were these very like narrow curves it was exhausting, but I managed to uh, get back at the entrance to the zoo uh, uh, eight kilometers later, meant, uh, which meant, meant that I had finished uh, running 26 kilometers. And I took some time to relax in the mangrove, which is a, a big dome. Uh, it's my favorite place in the zoo. Um, and they would ha- have a lot of butterflies. And there is a a lake in the middle of that dome um, and they have these big man I think they're called mangroves man- manatus something with mana mana something we call them sea cows just these big animals that are just like floating around it's super majestic and then you've got these tiny fragile butterflies and lots and lots of tropical birds um, it's there's a lot to see and, it, and because it's circular somehow, it feels like really protected. Like when I'm under that dome, 
I am literally in a different world, in a different universe. And so I just sat down on a, on a bench and I was just watching the butterflies fly and listening to the sounds of the birds. It, it was so peaceful, really my happy place. Um, but because I arrived pretty late, uh, the zoo was closing soon, around five. And that's where I realized that, wait a minute, wasn't there something in the back of my mind that I normally do on Mondays? Oh, wait a minute. Normally I go live. <laughs> I have my live streams every evening at five. Um, so I quickly posted a po uh, message in the Discord on the Discord server um, <laughs> that I wouldn't be able to make it in time and that I would try to take public transport back home and maybe in the after, later in the evening if I still had some energy left I would go live that's where the cold started this is why I'm currently wearing gloves and my Harry Potter scarf and I'm like I, I want to be warm even though I'm walking outside because the moment you stop running or moving in, and you're just wearing these nylon <laughs> suits, running suit. It's just, it's just that. And because it was seven degrees Celsius when I went out for a run, I didn't, I didn't put any layering. I just had a, 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 a another like nylon uh, shirt underneath my long sleeve shirt, and was just wearing the long sleeved running trousers for uh the, that i bought for the fall and that's fine when you're running i didn't have any gloves on as well um i did wear a hat but just a like a, a baseball cap type of hat so not not warm either but then once i i stepped out of the zoo uh, i had to wait for the bus which i had just missed the previous one and that's where I noticed how cold I was getting. I was still sweaty. And so the, you know, your clothes start to cool down and I started to shiver. Then I went to, uh, took the, the bus. The bus is nice and warm. That brought me to Arnhem, to Central Station. And I was planning on taking the train back home. And then from there, it's uh, about three kilometers. And there's a, probably, there normally is a bus also that goes almost in you know to my front door but there had been an accident they told us at the uh, railway station and so there were no trains on the entire trajectory there wouldn't be any trains for the rest of the evening so instead they told us uh, you have to take another bus the problem was the bus took another 20 minutes to arrive and in the meantime I was standing outside on this bus platform and it was it was even colder because there was like this draft it was going past so I, I was trying to reframe it you know like this is just a perception of cold but on the inside I can switch that off you know I don't have to really allow that feeling to overtake me this is one of those moments that I realized that I'm not very good at reframing yet because my body was just involuntarily shaking. <laughs> That's how cold I was. And I saw some people that were also waiting for the bus and they were covered up in like warm winter clothing. There was this lady, she was looking at me 
with pity and I was like, okay, she's almost going to offer me her coat. That, that I saw in her eyes that she really pitied me. Um, and then the bus, it just took forever for it to arrive. Then it finally was there and uh, it was warm again. I, I went to, the bus went to Wageningen, which is still about a half hour walk from where I live. But I hoped that there would be another bus connecting me and bringing me back home. Um, but that bus was cancelled as well. So instead I had to take another bus that would only stop like pretty far away from where I live. <laughs> so it, I ended up still having to run a couple more miles before I finally got back home. And I was so cold. <laughs> it's just insane. So I had used up all my energy to heat up my body. Um, I was I was almost passed out when I arrived home. I made a very easy dinner. And then I logged my energy levels. And it was funny. I did... I did acknowledge that I had overextended myself, maybe a bit too much. On the other hand, I also, I've, like mentally, I felt amazing. Uh, that run invigorated me. I had had the time because I was not listening to audiobooks. I wasn't recording podcasts or anything. My mind was just roaming free. And I'd been just going over... This, this first month of the year and how incredibly rich the experience has been over these past, what is it, five weeks? Um, it's, it was really good to do like a, like a mental inventory of what have I learned? What, what happened? This, and there was, there was a lot that happened this past month. Um, and I'm most grateful for discovering this these tricks to to bring more balance in my life um and i also applauded myself this sounds a bit weird maybe but i know that i still have to train myself to always speak in a positive way about myself about others about life <laughs> and so i applauded myself for not uh jumping on all sorts of bandwagons with with crazy ideas but that instead i was focusing on finding my balance and and regaining my energy and also prioritizing things like uh running taking some time to go to my favorite place uh taking more time to just meditate and to think without judging myself for you know that's not productive that is too much about you you have other things to do i'm i'm more and more succeeding in pushing those negative thoughts out of my system and so i feel stronger and uh, i'm grateful for that so <laughs> this morning i woke up and again I had slept for more than nine hours. But, of course, I know that that is because of the physical exertion yesterday. And at the same time, I was really at peace. And um, 
it's, it's, it's funny how sometimes only the day after you've been thinking a lot, you start to find the little uh, nuggets of gold in, in all that, whatever you're sifting through in your mind. And, um, and so the, this, uh, <laughs> this morning I was reading. Um, so I, I, I read whenever I uh, clean my kitchen or uh, like I, I try to find every, every moment that, I, that I'm doing something that only requires uh, my hands and that I can do on autopilot. Uh, I, tr- I listen to audiobooks. And so I started reading um, this very famous book by Ken Follett. It's called The Pillars of the Earth. It may be the biggest book that I've read in a long time. It is um, more than a thousand pages, I think. It's a story uh, that takes place in the Middle Ages. It was published first published in 1989. Um, and it's been a major uh, success for, for decades now. It's insane how many people have read this. Millions and millions of people, totally surprised, uh, the author himself... Um, and it's a bit of a historical uh, novel that tells a story about the people that built the cathedrals in the Middle Ages. And uh, it's a riveting story. <laughs> but I was listening to this passage, which made me laugh out loud, because at one point, uh, I think his name is Tom, that we meet in the first part of the book. And uh, he, uh, he is a builder, and he has dreams about maybe one day you know, lead the the building of a new cathedral, uh, and uh, he uh, he s- steps into a conversation between a bishop and uh, and and his his chief builder, um, and they are planning a cathedral or they are still working on finishing a cathedral, <laughs> and then there's this description of the bishop that sounded so familiar, <laughs> like. Um, the, the the builder was listening, or Tom was listening to the conversation, and it went as it always goes. You have the bishop with the wildest of ideas, who feels that he has to interfere with the building process, uh, coming up with a ton of totally um, impossible ad- uh, additions or changes to the original design. And then you have the master builder who tries to stop him from interfering without being impolite because he also knows that uh, <laughs> it's his boss that he needs to somehow keep in check. And, uh, and then Tom even intervenes and he says, well, Bishop, um, you want these big windows in, you know, on the, uh, on the uh, what is it, uh, ground floor uh, but that that is not going to work because you need stability and blah blah blah. So he gives his expert advice, and the bishop is like, "Who are you?" <laughs> but still listens, and uh, I I felt almost caught. Like this is this is this is me. <laughs> I always have these wild ideas, and I I feel an impulse to follow up on those ideas right away. Now, there's nothing wrong about having ideas, but you also have to have an expert eye that tells you, well, that's a great idea, but we don't have the resources for that. Or this may be beautiful and cool, 
but it will make the entire building structurally unbalanced and then so it will ultimately collapse. It was a nice metaphor. I don't know if it was intended to be a metaphor, but it, it was uh, definitely a nudge for me to realize that all those great ideas that I had while running towards the zoo yesterday still needed that step back. Let's first look at this. Let's take a look at our resources, at our time, at our priorities, the mission that we formulated, and then filter those ideas through that. Is this still viable? Is this something I, I really ought to follow up on or not? And that's where I am right now, kind of sharing that experience that I had uh, with you on, on the walk, because I know that recording the walk is one of those non-negotiables. I really have to be sick <laughs> not to record uh, this podcast, uh, but otherwise it, it's a staple ingredient of my activities. And if, uh, if I had to weigh this activity, I would say, yes, it's definitely more, uh, it, it requires more energy uh, than, than just sitting in a chair and reading a book, absolutely. But it's not super high intensity. It's, it's only a fraction of the energy that I would spend on like social interaction if someone would uh, want to visit me for a meeting or something like that. And so... Uh, but I had other ideas as well. Um, and I'm still mulling... Uh, uh, how do you say that? Mulling about them or on them uh, in my head... For instance, um, I've noticed that uh, I'm, I'm doing these live shows now, and some of them uh, will result in podcasts. It's just for me a way to make it easier to produce content and at the same time connect live with my community. Um, but it is hard to do a talk about or, or record something that has ultimately to become a podcast if you haven't done any research. So, I was thinking, how can I combine this necessity of uh, doing research with maybe a, a, a type of activity that will go beyond just a live show or a podcast? I'm always looking for ways to build up a catalog of content that, will, that is evergreen. So this morning I was watching um, some tutorials about uh, Substack, uh, which, which I talked about, was it on Friday? I think it was on Friday, and um, I was having a chat with, uh, uh, with the community that I was watching, and, uh, and also uh, Greg Willits showed up. And uh, I've worked for years with Greg Willits in the beginning of our podcasting adventures a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And Greg has uh, always loved writing. And I, I knew that he had started to publish his writing on Substack. Substack is a bit like a merge between a blog and a newsletter. In a sense, it is a blog. You just write posts or articles. Um, but the newsletter aspect of it is people can subscribe to certain categories on your Substack, your blog... And whenever you post an update, they get an email. And the email contains um, part of the blog, I think, and then a link, something like that. 
So I was, after, after talking a little bit uh, with Greg about that, I was like, this morning, let me watch some, some tutorials. Maybe, maybe this is something to look into. Um, because I've, I've written in the past, but I feel like it's, it's very much like writing. If you don't establish a routine, then you'll end up basically not doing much. <laughs> and it's ever since I started this reading routine that I've really grown and uh, I've, I've, I've gotten better in, in reading and absorbing large amounts of content, story, information in a short period of time. This is why I'm reading Pillars of the Earth. I would not think of uh, starting a big book like that, but I know how I can read through this book in one week, even if it's more than a thousand pages. Because, well, I've, I think I've explained this maybe on the break. Uh, what I do is I, uh, I combine reading and listening. Uh, and so I listen to the audiobook at two and a half speed right now. Uh, which is not always possible. Depends on the on the reader. Uh, the, so the one the the voice actor or whoever reads the book, and then if I have trouble concentrating, which also varies from book to book, um, I sometimes will just read the text while I'm listening at uh, two to three times the speed of audio. And I know that this is possible, and I've experienced that this is possible because I'm you're, when I'm reading, I'm going way faster than any audio book. So it's just a matter of getting into that focus mode and then listening to a, b- a book read at three times the speed does not detract at all from my enjoyment of the book. But it does help in reducing the time it takes to read a book. And so I was looking at the audiobook version of uh, The Pillars of the Earth and it's, what is it, almost 40 hours? That's a lot of time. That would be a full work week, but not if I speed it up to three times. Then all of a sudden, I'm left with about 13 hours of listening, divided by seven. That's, that's, that's feasible. That's a bit more than two hours per day. And if I look at how much time usually during the day I'm spending on cooking or cleaning, uh, anything that's not work... I, I definitely have two, more than two hours each day to read. So this is how I know that I can read Pillars of the Earth in one week and have some time to spare. Um, and I was wondering, well, if I've mastered this um, on the level of reading, then maybe this is also something that I could train myself to do when it comes to writing. After all, writing and reading are very much for me in the same kind of activity sphere Uh, one is to consume stories and the other one is to produce them and when I'm recording right now and I'm talking to you I I could write this down Um, maybe I would have to take out all the ums but I try to tell a more or less coherent story every time I record a podcast the only step I need to add is to write it down. And that process of writing down could then also help me to um, process my thoughts or process my impressions. So as you know, a lot of my 
regular shows, not, not The Walk, but The Break and uh, Story Secrets, um, involve me commenting on other people's stories, whether it's Star Wars or Star Trek or fantasy, uh, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, you name it. And I try to add something to, uh, to the mix in terms of I don't want it to just be a recap. Uh, I, I also, uh, oftentimes, stories trigger my own thoughts and experiences. And it, they make me think, and I share those thoughts. I know that if you write down your thoughts um, when you're evaluating content or information, that will actually strengthen the impact of what you've learned. The best way to learn something is to teach it to other people. This is very much the same process. So that brought me to this idea. Well, what if I would um, uh, carve out some time, maybe daily, maybe a couple of times per week. I, I usually like daily when it comes to establishing a new habit. And I would limit that time, of course. But I would sit down and write a review and add some personal thoughts to the things that I watch or read. I've already, in a certain way, uh, started to do this after reading a book um, on, on Goodreads. I, uh, Goodreads. And I'm also on Storygraph. Those are services where you can uh, leave your review of a book so that other people can check uh, whether it's worth their time reading a book or sometimes if they have read a, read a book, this is what I use uh, Storygraph and, and Goodreads for. I would like to see other people's opinions about the book. Uh, that also enriches my experience of the book. So, but the, the effort of sitting down and writing a review, normally it takes about 15 minutes for me to write a, a short review, has, when I started to do that, I felt I had so much trouble fighting the imposter syndrome. I was like, well, well why should I leave a review? I'm, who am I to judge this book? And there are so, especially if you first read other people's reviews, big mistake I feel even more unworthy to pin down my thoughts because like there are so many great reviewers there what why should I leave my review I am not worthy to do this um, of course all of that is rubbish I have my own opinion about what I read I pick up stuff that helps me or inspires me or in some cases also annoys me why wouldn't I share that? Why is my opinion about a book less important than that of, I don't know, a very experienced reviewer or a book critic? Everyone has to start somewhere. And so, yeah, I am not used to give my opinion about books, let alone write it down. But over time, if I keep doing this, maybe I'll get better at it. And I think I, I, think I am. I think I, I'm, I'm slowly um, training that writing muscle. And uh, 
and every review becomes easier and I'm also more spontaneous than I used to be. Uh, in, in the beginning I was uh, trying to be super thoughtful and I didn't want to criticize what I read because I felt like, well, maybe I'm offending. What if the author would read my review and he or she would be super offended? I would feel so bad. And then uh, just by do it, keep doing it, I felt, you know, well, you know what? There is a way to be honest and at the same time to be authentic. And there's, there is, there's nothing wrong morally with being authentic and just give your opinion. After all, it's my opinion. It doesn't mean that the author has to agree or that my experience is the same as that of anyone else. It just adds a perspective on the book. That's not devaluating anything. I'm, I'm not writing like mean, oh, I'm just going to destroy this author because I hate his or her guts. No, I just want to... It's much more for me than for anyone who is reading this. I'm just expressing myself and I'm learning by, by doing to express my thoughts more freely. And I've, I've seen that just by writing these reviews, um, oftentimes I feel compelled to write more, but then I, I run out of time because I try to limit myself to about 15 minutes for a review like that. But sometimes... I have a lot of thought, a lot of thoughts after reading a book, um, but I don't, again, I, I, I feel like this is not the place to write that on Goodreads. Nobody's going to read that review. Um, but what if I would take those moments, those opportunities to sit down and write a blog post about this, spending a little bit more effort into structuring my thoughts and adding a nice conclusion, maybe add a few uh, of my personal experiences, anecdotes. It's not that hard to write a, an article instead of a, just a, a short summary review. And what if I would do that not only for books, but also for a, a television show that I'm following? Um, maybe an experience that I've had myself... Um, let's see, there's a car trying to turn here. He almost ran his car into this big tree. I'm surprised that he didn't. <laughs> he wasn't doing a, a very uh, careful maneuver. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so that's that's came up in my mind. Well, maybe, you know what, this would... This would add a few things to my routine, uh, to my, my overall routines. How much would this cost in terms of energy? Hmm. Probably in the beginning it would, it would take a bit of energy, a more, more than just blabbing about it on a podcast, because that's kind of impromptu and I don't really force myself to be super structured in my commentary, but it is also training me to maybe over time become a better writer. Plus, it creates a catalog. It over time builds into a whole bunch of articles which are, and that's what I like about a service like Substack, and it's true also for a, for a blog on your own website, it's, it's available for a lot of... For, it can, 
it can have a long tail. People will discover that over time, uh, which is much harder, as you know, with, uh, with, with other forms of media like podcasting. It's, it's very hard to find podcasts about a very specific topic, especially if you do shows like I do where you have a lot of different topics in, in one episode. So unless you're very good at tagging and, and, and choosing the right kind of title for your show, chances are that no one will ever find all the you know, information that you've put into a particular podcast. But what if I combine this with writing? Then I create two possible points of contact with my thoughts. One could be uh, on, on paper or in, in, in a written form. The other one could be in a verbal form. And maybe over time, if I uh, continue to do this uh, more structured way of streaming, where it's, uh, I always, already try to make it topical per day. And it, I love it. I love that on Tuesdays, it's Star Wars Day. And I talk about Star Wars. I try to keep the conversation focused on Star Wars. And then on on Wednesday, it's about cooking. On Thursday, it's about anime. Um, and I may juggle that around in the future. But it does really, um, I think, improve the conversation. It definitely also helps me to uh, get a better understanding of what people are, what their thoughts are, or maybe questions. Um, I, I can also see myself doing uh, a live stream about faith. What I do in the break every week where I have this small segment where I talk about faith-related questions, I could also do like an Ask Me Anything in matters of faith. I don't know if I would be able to pull that off because I'm not a professional apologist. Apologist is someone who explains the faith, so I'm not sure if I could do that right away. But again, if you never try, you'll never learn to do that. And explaining the faith to someone else has helped me over the years to also much better understand my faith myself. Same principle. Best way to learn is to explain it to someone else. Um, so maybe the combination of writing, podcasting, and streaming uh, would be a really good mix for me. Um, let me turn here to the right and take a detour to get back home. So I can wrap up my thoughts properly. <laughs> Going to walk through the town center here. Uh, and then I'll probably sit down and do what I just talked about. The only thing that, um, that I've learned is that this idea of, of writing more and uh, instead of of just talking about topics to go the extra mile and writing it down... Uh, before I talk about it, maybe that is one of those crazy ideas comparable to the, the bishop in, uh, in Pillars of the Earth who is like, oh, I've got this amazing idea. What if we would do like five huge windows on the ground level floor and then other people are like, um, yeah, maybe not do that. <laughs> maybe you underestimate the amount of time that it will take. Plus, you know, it takes away from other stuff that we can do with this building. So this is, this is where you come in as a listener. And this is also where the community comes in. Because um, I've been 
relying a lot on on the feedback that I get, especially from my patrons, but also from other people that are reacting uh, during those live streams, to um, to help me discern. Um, I, I I gladly take advice from from you as a listener, and and I hope you know this. And it's not always it's not always easy because sometimes people will tell me, hey. Come on, don't. <laughs> and it's never, it's never nice to hear someone say, ah, no, I wouldn't do that. If you are enthusiastic about something, this is why the bishop, when, when uh, this Tom guy tells him, uh, dear eminence, this is not a good idea. And I can tell you because I know buildings, but don't do this. <laughs> At first, the bishop is a bit perturbed. But then, over time, he'll probably tone it down a little bit, think it over another time. Isn't that pretty? I love these, these bells. This is in the center uh, of, the, of the town. And every 15 minutes there will be a melody like that. And they change the melodies uh, over time. There's going to be a nice terrace there underneath it. It's right now still under construction there used to be a, a Chinese restaurant which unfortunately closed so there's no Chinese restaurant in this town uh, which saddens me so much but anyway they're gonna uh, they are in the process of turning it into a bar uh, and a, not a restaurant but a bar so they want to have this this open space in front of uh, of the bar so in the springtime and summertime we can all sit outside and have a nice cup of coffee and that's I'm looking forward to that that's another of one of those like oh my gosh I like that idea is to have like a tea on Thursday stream where I would just sit on a terrace and and chat but it's not going to be in my studio it's just going to be here in the in the center of the town anyway Something to dream about. But, but it's important for me to listen always to the advice of other people. This is why uh, Tridio has a, an advisory board um, where uh, the board helps me to discern on how to fulfill my mission and what serves that mission the best. Um, and sometimes there's only one way to find out if something is a good idea um, and that is by trying it out and evaluating so <laughs> what I what I want to try to do is to just start writing I'm not gonna put anything online yet but instead of prepare well, I always do show preparation or show prep before I record a podcast but it's usually in in the form of bullet points just talking points and then I'll just blab my way through it um, I'm going to replace that with a bit more um, consistent writing and if I feel like I have a good amount of stuff of, of articles then maybe I'll I'll publish them on a Substack and invite some of my patrons to go check it out and read it and give some feedback and then gradually over time open it up to the general public but it's, it's very well possible that I realize that thinking about writing is one thing. Actually sitting down and writing, finding the focus, 
that's a whole other ball game. Um, so I'm thinking, just like running, let's start with some exercise. Let's just do short. When you when you begin running, you don't train for a marathon right away. You, you have these programs from couch to 5k that's what i always recommend people who want to get into running to do that just start with a program that will help you to run for five kilometers without dying <laughs> and once you do that you will probably feel if this is something you want to pursue or not this is how i want to approach this whole riding idea what if i just start with very short reviews and I use it mainly as preparation for the shows that I already record or for the live streams. So what if tonight, for instance, at five, we have the Star Wars stream. Uh, what if I just sit down and I take, let's give myself an hour. Always give yourself more time <laughs> than you think it will take. Give myself an hour to sit down and to write a few paragraphs about, I don't know, the Bad Batch or something like that. And just try to get some coherent, uh, some coherent reflections on the first, I don't know, five episodes of the second season, something like that. And then on the basis of that, I'll do my live stream and see how that goes. And do the same maybe for anime on, on Thursday. Just schedule an hour of writing, just thinking and writing. Maybe even two hours, because anime is always a bit more difficult for me to talk about than Star Wars, because I'm still such a novice in that world. And see how that goes. And then I'll, 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 I'll come back to you next time. And I'll share with you my experiences. And then uh, I'll, I'll read your feedback and see if this is something that I could pursue. Or maybe I should... Uh, just simplify even more anyway thank you so much for <laughs> listening to uh to this uh, to all these thoughts during during this walk um i'm gonna sit down and write i was i was going to say this is how my mind works i'm gonna sit down and record the break and then i'm gonna do straight after that the live stream no i need time to write if that's something i want to try out Let's carve out some time, which means today I'm not going to do the break, even though <sighs> when, when am I going to record the break? Well, maybe on Thursday, maybe on Friday. Who cares? As long as I record it this week, it's going to be done anyway. So that's what I'm going to do. Thank you so much for listening. And hopefully you will one day, maybe soon, maybe later, see um, the results of my efforts. Have a great uh, rest of your day and we'll talk soon. God bless.